And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It was very good. It was very good. And behold, Hello, everybody! Hello, seven days listeners. Here we are. Welcome back. I've got Here a bit more bass in my voice this morning, Shush, because I think I'm a bit Ooh. tired. It sounds a bit... Uh, yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to be Brian. As much as I possibly can. Always. What an exciting episode, Shush. Oh, I cannot wait. It's going to be so good. I'm very keen to see what God is going to speak through this episode. So the anticipation is high. I reckon there's going to be, I'm not going to say controversial takes. I'm not going to say that. But I am going to say this is going to be a great, honest conversation, I reckon. Yeah. And we're... I'm hoping there's some challenge in there. That's what I'm hoping for. But Who knows? Shush. Yeah. Everyone reads our title. They know who this guest is. I know, but can you I know. introduce our guest <laughs> for us, Shush? Well, today we have a guest who has never been on the podcast Ooh. before, so we're very excited for a first-time guest. Um, but we have the one and only Sandra or Sandra Sandy McLean. <laughs> Hey. Is it? Do you like Sandy or Sandra? I've never asked you that. Oh, that is such a long conversation. I'd be happy <laughs> if anyone could pronounce my last name. And if when oh, I was signing I right? my name, no, you didn't. No one ever does. Oh, and if, no, I, if when I sign my name, I could remember that that's my last name. Because I've changed my name and so it's really confusing. So when you say everyone knows who I am, actually they don't. People are very confused. So I just say call me whatever you like from whatever time in my life you met me. Sandy, Sandra, McLean, Roland, Croton. I'm proud to own them all. Just (laughs) go ahead. And then my husband's last name is Crabe, so keep up. So if McLean, oh. if McLean, McLean, a, McLean, 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 okay, McLean, there we go, McLean, you know, like the Die Hard movies. Yeah, I was going to say McLean. that. McLean, there you go. Sorry for that, Sandy. That's, That's on all right. Us. You'll remember now. You'll remember now. I yeah. will. I will. And I get it. Uh, people pronounce my name wrong all the time. So apologies all for good. that. I try not to do that. Oh, so, good. I'm really not precious about it. <laughs> so me, me and Shush, just for the listeners, me and Shush have to be on our best behaviour because Sandy is our boss's boss. Oof. <laughs> Getting in the out. so big. we need to make sure that we're not too controversial today, Shush. All right, that's right. That's right. Our jobs are on the line here. All right, so Sandy, something like that. Yes, yeah, Sandy. What we like to do is start off with something we call the Fast Five. Now, that's basically we just ask you five, most of the time, silly questions, just to know a bit more about yourself. It's surprising what you can get from these silly questions from people. So. Mm. Are you prepared to let us ask you five silly questions? My whole life is a series of silly questions, so go ahead. (laughs) Beautiful. It's a fast five, it's a fast five, it's a fast five. It's a fast five, it's a... All right, question number one. What fictional family would you like to be a member of? Oh. The Borrowers. 
Are you okay, familiar who are they? with the I do borrowers? not know. I'm not familiar. Oh, the Borrowers is a children's series about these tiny little people that live behind the walls or different things, and they they borrow things from the household to use <laughs> in their family. And so, whenever anything goes missing in our house, we say, "Oh, the Borrowers must have it." <laughs> and my grandchildren make me cook tiny little pancakes when we're making pancakes and leave them out for the Borrowers. <laughs> and I would love to get involved in the family because then I would be better at making up the stories for my grandchildren. When we're in the car, I have to tell stories about the borrowers, you see. And so if I actually live with them for a while, I would write really excellent stories. So I'd love to be (laughs) one of the borrowers. Mm, That's a good answer. See, we learn a lot through the Fast Five. All right, my first question. What was the scariest movie or story that you heard as a kid or like the first thing Mm. that impacted you in a like scary fearful way interesting gosh that's a hard one i'm not easily scared oh interesting I don't really remember any movie or story being scary to me ex gosh being very vulnerable the first movie that ever actually scared me was the time traveler's wife oh i hadn't seen that one I watched the movie on a plane and cried my eyes out. I was inconsolable. (laughs) I've read the book as well. It still makes me cry. And I think it scared me because I've got an experience in my life where the people you love keep disappearing. And so Um. my fears are all based on trauma and reality rather than scary things i'm not yeah. i mean i'm not scared of yeah. any of the traditional things yep. horror movies i think yeah. they're just a bit silly yeah. i'm not scared of you know bugs and nothing like that scares me real life scares me silly yeah mm. yeah yeah that's fair enough see these fast five they get deep, they, they're deep. yeah i'm they're too deep. deep that's part of my problem though <laughs> too deep <laughs> Well, we'll see how we go with this next question, which is, if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Oh. I'm not really into fashion, so that's, um, (laughs) nah, nothing. Oh, look, you know those hyper-colour shirts? They were cool. Those shirts that changed colours when your body got hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. They were cool. All the sweaty there people of the world really suffered. So <laughs> yeah, they were cool. What was that? Was that like Hang Ten or something? The brand Hang Ten. Oh. I'm pretty sure my brand was Target, but Hang yeah. Ten probably yeah, brought them enough. out. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> there All you right. Go. So, if your whole life was represented by a type of food, what would that food be? A roast. A roast. Because people connect the idea of a roast with gathering together and family Mm. and being together. And so it would be a roast. I I live to bring people together and to make sure everyone has enough. And there always seems to be when you have a roast. So it would be a roast. Good answer. Oh, that's beautiful. That's lovely. And our final question comes from one of our avid listeners. Um, Her name is Kat. Thank you, Kat. Um, And if you have a question... To the listeners. No. Listeners, if you have a question for our guest, I mean, <laughs> send it in. I got it fixed up. Okay. So Kat has been an avid listener for seven yes. days. Yes, yes, she has. Good on you, Kat. <laughs> um, and she wants to know what was the name of your first pet? 
Ah, I know the answer to this. My first pet was a stray cat. We had lots of pets, but they were never mine. I'm the youngest of four kids, right? So everyone else had pets and I just ignored them. But I got my own cat and I called it Mop. And the reason I called it Mop was it was my own pussycat and my brother used to call me Mophead. And your Ah. listeners are fortunate that this is a podcast because those that don't know me don't know that my hair resembles a mop. (laughs) And so that's what my first pet was. It was a cat called Mop. Oh, that's lovely. There we go. There we go. Fast five over. You survived, Sandy. That's right. Mm -hmm. You did. You survived it. All right. So let's dive straight into it. Because, Sandy, we've got you here to talk about the oh, big before topic. before we do, Dan. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just yeah, thought. Go, go. Oh, I was just thinking, because Sandy's a first-time guest, it might be helpful to yeah. learn a little bit about her. Yeah, what do you reckon? Smart. Yeah, that's smart, yeah. Shush. There's a yeah. reason. There's a reason you've got the brain <laughs> you really do. I'm really not great. that interesting, but go ahead. <laughs> well, Sandy, I think it would just be helpful for our listeners to learn a little bit about you in case they don't know you. Mm. Um, but are you able to give us, I guess, a brief... Uh, recap of a little bit about yourself, who you are, and how you uh, came to know Jesus. Mm. Oh, see, it's too long a story. It will take up the whole podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm the youngest of four children, as I said, grew up in Scotland for the first five years of my life, and then we came to Australia, so that's where the funny accent comes from. I've lived in four different countries over the years. So I've lived in Sri Lanka, New Zealand, Scotland, obviously, and Australia. Um, I am the very proud mother of a beautiful daughter who's also an officer and I have four grandchildren and I also get to sometimes share my husband's five grandchildren and they are all pure joy in my life. I've been an officer for 35 years but I didn't grow up in the army so my mum started to attend the Salvation Army and and she had a Bible study or something in the house and I went along to try and get her away from these people that were mine, you know, washing, what's a brainwashing her? Um, And along the course of that, I didn't meet Jesus so much as I met someone who behaved like Jesus. Mm. And I remember him saying to me, I was working in Meyer in the shoe department, and he said to me, what are you going to do with your life? You can do more than this. Mm. And, And there was a reason I'd chosen not to go to uni. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'd really like to do what you do. And and I said, what's that? And he said, I'm a Salvation Army officer. And I'm like, well, how do I become one of those? And he said, well, you have to become a soldier. And I'm like, well, how do I become one of those? He said, well, you have to become a Christian. And I'm like, well, how do I become one of those? <laughs> so that was kind of my journey to faith. And then he explained that the values and the way he lives are because of Jesus, directed me to read Mark's gospel. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do with my life. Wow. And at that point, this is, the, this is the part of the story that's cool. At that point, I go home to my mum and I tell her, I'm going to become a Salvation Army officer. And she cries like you wouldn't believe. And she said, it's all my fault. Your dad's going to kill me. And then she told me the story. When I was a baby, I had bacterial meningitis, wasn't expected to live. And on one of the last occasions when they thought I was dying, a young Salva was at the hospital, or Sally, because it was in Scotland, offered to pray with my mum. And my mum, I get emotional even now, my mum remembers praying at that time, God, if you let her live, you can have her life. Mm. 
And wow. I've now been an officer for 35 years in three countries, 21 or something appointments. So that's a wow. big summary yeah. of my life. But isn't that a cool story? Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. That, that is awesome. very cool. I think so too. <clears throat> Oh, so wow. I've always, I didn't know I've always no. said, you know, other people quit, they'll have to chuck me out because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, there you go. What an amazing story. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is very typical, cool. Very typical cool. God, right? <laughs> yeah. Typical. Just, just. She just right. does stuff like that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Oh, very good. That's a perfect snapshot. I think so. Let's yeah. let's now jump in, right? Yeah, let's, let's jump in now. now then. So Jumping that, yeah, in. Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, so we're talking about this subject, the world and the church. Now, I feel like I've been a part of a conversation like this a billion times before. However, the differing perspectives around the world and the church and what that actually means is quite confusing sometimes I would say I think there's a lot of confusion around that now I'm going to kick this whole thing off now we're focusing on it through a community lens and what that kind of means as 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 building community or being a part of community or our own community uh, within the world and the church I'm just going to straight up say be of the world no in the world not of it right Sandy mm-hmm. Do you think that the church currently does that? And if they do or do not, why? Straight off the bat, here we go. To be honest, I'm not even really sure what that means. Yep. I don't, Ooh, I don't, that's what I thought I, you were going to say. <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking about when we think that we're supposed to separate ourselves from the world that God loves and created mm-hmm. and that we're part of. Uh, I think that... I think that that has led to this idea that we have to separate ourselves and our children and we have to live by moral codes for their own sake and we become cultish in many ways. I don't understand that. If you're talking about we should have values that we live out in a way that's different... Absolutely, yes, but mm-hmm. <laughs> no. I think that one of the biggest mistakes that the church has made is this separation from the world mm. and, and thinking that somehow the world that God created is evil or inferior mm. or, you know, this bad stuff. And I could talk to you about that for weeks, but I don't, I don't believe that we're called to separate ourselves from the world. So I very much want everything about my faith and my following of Jesus to be very grounded in the world that I live in, in the same way as Jesus was in the world that he lived in. Mm, okay. Yes, here so, we go. So, so the follow-up from that then is... And this is, let me preface all of this by we don't pretend like we know the answers with this thing. Like, we're kind of posing mm-hmm. these big questions to chat about. We don't <gasps> need any actual answers. I was hoping that you guys answers. did. Now I'm disappointed. <laughs> yes. but, Sorry to disappoint you. But, okay, so from your perspective then, what does that actually look like on the ground level? Mm. It looks like lots of things. Mm. I think it's about authentically wrestling with what it means to live in a different realm you know, Mm. under the influence of God where there's certain values and where we actually try to live them in community and relationship. And that's really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we were praying before and I, I, in my prayer I was talking about, you know, family gatherings and, and how often over Christmas people are a bit tense because they have to get together <laughs> with family and family is everything beautiful and everything awful all rolled into one sometimes. <laughs> and I think that's, that's what the kingdom of God is like. We're trying to live under a different reign and we're not always good at it and we need help in it. And I think that's that's what we're supposed to be doing. And it, mm. it looks very different depending on the context and the values and the culture. But it's wrestling with what it means to see each person as made in the image of a God who loves them. And how mm. do we value people? How do we treat people? How do we do business? How do we interact? How do we work through hard times? How do yeah. we do life together? That's, that's what it's about. And, mm. and the idea of the church is that you draw these people together to help them have the support that they need to do that, to hold them accountable. Like if I was left on my own, the doctrines I would come up with, the belief <laughs> system would be pretty wacky, right? So people holding me accountable, equipping me, uh, supporting me, sharing with me what they have. And then that becomes kind of like an example, a living example of how we do community and how we get the strength to go back in and build that more widely. Mm. That's a long answer for a short question, sorry. No, it's a short but very big question, so that's fine. (laughs) Also, we're on a podcast and we wanted you to come and speak, so you're doing exactly what you want. Silly you, silly you. (laughs) (laughs) So then, sorry, Shush, this is my last one before you go. No, no, no. So in, in saying all of that then, I know that you love the creative arts. Yep. What... Is the creative art? What do you see as, I guess, the importance of the of the arts role in reflecting what true community should be? I guess. Mm. I could give you a million sermons on this. I think that the arts are incredibly powerful. You know, I think through art we can say things that are hard to say. We can sometimes say them out loud for the first time or we can act them or we can play them. So through the arts, we can express our deepest emotions and thoughts that have yet to have language attached Mm -hmm. to them. So I think they're very important from a personal perspective of how we connect with that which is other to us and with the divine. I think that's really important. But then I think there's also this aspect of through the arts, we often learn how to work with other people, how to play uh, our own part, bring our own strengths, our own gifts, how we learn to lead, but how we learn to follow. All of these lessons can be learned through the arts. I think the arts are a common language that we often speak, mm-hmm. and so you'll find in mm. in any form of the arts, you'll often find people that would never otherwise be in relationship, and there yeah. they can be side by side. And, and, you know, for many people, that's sport as well, so the arts is not necessarily special in that, but I think in yeah. the arts, we find that we, we know, and, and we know this psychologically, the arts impact people at a level, and, and there's lots of studies being done at the moment that fascinate me about how participating in the arts or listening to music actually impacts people's health and well-being, um, mm. actually improves um, people suffering from depression if they connect with the arts. Mm. And they're doing a lot of studies at the moment, so I think that the arts do that. I think, I think the arts, for me, are 
you know, if we can, if we're looking through the window of a house and we're seeing an image of God and we know that God is much bigger than that, I think through the arts we catch glimpses of God. Mm. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I, and and I've seen that in both of you when you perform. I've seen glimpses of God that have surprised me or moved me or just comforted me or connected with me. I think through the arts we get to do that. But I also think it's this wonderful opportunity to connect with people that don't even know that they're searching for something more. Mm. And through the Mm -hmm. arts, we will often um, be able to communicate a language that makes sense. And it might not be the words, but it might be the music. And, you know, I could talk for hours about how to use that at Christmas and what we do with that at Christmas and and the opportunities Mm. that that creates. But, yeah, the arts are really important to me. And I come from quite an arty family, although I'm not particularly. I did learn the violin. Ah. Unfortunately or fortunately for you, I gave that up. (laughs) We can change that. We can get you a violin if you want, Sandy. my mum did send me for piano lessons too and my brother and I went together and I think I went to two and the, the teacher, she was like Mary Poppins and she used to wrap you over the knuckles with a ruler if you got it wrong and my brother decided that he was not subjecting me to that. So instead of going to piano lessons, we spent the money at the broken chocolate stall at the chocolate <laughs> factory. Oh. That's a true story. And my mother did not know that for some time. <laughs> The good use, the good use of the piano. And that's why I'm a, I'm a failure in the arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, look, I, Sandy, I don't know if my question is a question as opposed to I would love for you to speak to earlier you were talking about community and how it can be messy and hard mm. and complicated as well as beautiful um, as well. And I think it's sometimes we try to gloss over or we're like oh it's community is beautiful or we just show the highlights of when it's working really well um but when it's hard we don't like to talk about that necessarily or or know how to sit in the tension of when it's hard like sometimes I think we just give up and go oh it's too hard I'm out um and so I'm wondering if you can talk to community and I guess like the tension of when it's not always beautiful and easy but when we butt up against somebody in a community or when it's when you're struggling a little bit in community could you talk to that oh I sure can because people are really (laughs) annoying right (laughs) my dad and I talk every other day and we often talk about if the whole world was like him and I it would be amazing right you know (laughs) because we get on really well and we can like it's hard being in relationship Mm. is hard and I I do Mm. think that that is what the church is supposed to model we're supposed to wrestle with that we're supposed Mm. to wrestle with what does it mean to disagree with one another Mm. what does it mean to have shared values even if we don't have shared shared beliefs. That's hard, you know. Uh, And I think for me, I grew up in a a big, loud family. And I often, Christmas is a special time of year for me, because I think about around my family table, there's people from 
all um, different cultures, different places on um, their understanding of their gender identity, um, different ages. It's, it's really messy around our family table. And somehow we manage to wrestle with our beliefs and our values mostly well. There's times mm. when we don't, times when this <laughs> family member's not talking to that family member. And then this drive that we have to make sure that that's fixed. I think mm. that's what the church is meant to do. But mm. what we are opting for is a sanitized version of life where everything is good and glossy and like we see yeah. on the TV. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to live well and we don't know how to die well. And the church is not modeling that. And when we get yeah. back to that earlier question about being in the world, but not, not of the world, I think that is actually where we speak up and say we are not going to adopt that value. Mm. Where mm. where life is not deep or real or meaningful or where if you don't agree with someone, you walk away from the relationship. I mm. think the idea of family and church is that you actually have to sit with those things. You actually have to wrestle with those things mm. and that the church should be that place where people are wrestling with those things so that when we are around everyone else, we are demonstrating what it means to be people who share values and who love each other. So, mm. you know, I think that's the idea for me. It is messy. It is difficult. Mm. There, are, there are some members of my immediate family that I get on so well with that I never have to, to doubt. And then there's others that it's harder work and we have to yeah. work it out. And I think the church is meant to be like that too. Mm. Yeah. I love that so much because it is so, especially like, look, I don't know, I've only been alive for three decades, but <laughs> the the current culture is very much like no one, if you disagree with someone, you cannot be friends with them. That, that That's what I yeah. see at the moment. So it is very yeah. countercultural to be like, yeah. actually, it's okay if you vote Labour. And I don't. (laughs) Like, it's okay. Like, it's fine because I still love you and we can Mm. work through this. Well, it's not even something to work through, really. Uh, It's just Mm. about accepting it, right? So it is, yeah, we are, I I think we're called to be countercultural. So I think that 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 is exactly what you're speaking about. Which, yeah, which and I, I, I think that's. I think that brings you back to that very first question, doesn't yeah, it? That that's absolutely. what we're talking about. But what we've made it is a separation on moral lines, yeah, that's right, um, right. on purity lines or, yeah. or whatever, rather than. Right actually living in a different way, actually yeah. saying, and I do think, and this is something I'm really wrestling with at the moment, the difference between the church being where you learn what to believe rather than the church being where you learn how to live out the values of the kingdom. Mm. This, oh. is a, this is a massive thing for me at the moment because certainly mm. it seems to me that in previous decades, the church has been where you learn what to believe and then you have to sign up when you agree and you believe everything that the church believes. And if you don't believe, then you're out. Mm. If you don't believe what I believe, then yeah. you're not in. But I'm wondering mm. if maybe a better way is if the church gathers together around a set of values that are the values of the kingdom, the values that Jesus lived out, is that what we can agree on? And then can we have healthy conversations where I'm changed and you're changed around Mm. what that looks like? 
Because what it ends up doing is that we defend our positions rather than coming to the table and saying, hey, Shush, hey, Dan, help me understand what you think about this and then I'll share what I think and maybe we'll all come out changed in that conversation, Mm. you know. But the era that we live in is so different. You know, when when I went to school, because I am that old, we all sat in rows and the person at the front knew everything and we had to memorise what they knew. Well, that's not how my grandchildren are learning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were laughing before, but most of my learning at the moment comes from, hey, Google, tell me how to, (laughs) or Alexa, how do you make (laughs) potato salad? Like we we access knowledge and learning in a different way. Mm. And I don't, we can't go back to the way Mm. it was. So what unites us together and how do we grow together? I think for me, it's the values of the kingdom and those shared values allow disagreement. And in fact, I should invite people who disagree with me. I should actively seek Mm. it out, even Mm. if it makes me horribly uncomfortable so (laughs) that I can challenge my own thinking so that I can learn from other people. I think that's something I say, even if it makes me horribly uncomfortable, it really doesn't. I'm quite argumentative and I love, (laughs) I love robust debate. And so I remember even as a young officer, I would always want the person on our leadership team that was really awkward and had different ideas to everyone else. Because then I knew what other people were thinking and we could wrestle with it in a public space rather than, you know, just talk about each other. So I think it's really important that we Mm. learn how to disagree again Mm, and we know what it is that unites us so that we can actually have a difference of opinions and we all come out stronger and better rather than polarized and not talking and defriended yeah Mm. and without and without sounding airy fairy in some respect in in that situation that's that's when the holy spirit will do do the work right like like absolutely like if we're Mm. if we're still coming together with differing values but we're all still sharing a mutual respect let's then rely on the holy spirit to convict us or convict them in the areas to realign right like like yeah i i I don't want to be like let's just all get together and then you know holy spirit done (laughs) you know that that's not exactly what i'm saying but that i feel like that's another podcast Dan, talking about, I like to refer to the Holy Spirit as the go-between God. Yeah. And and that comes from oh. a book by John Taylor where the Holy Spirit goes between us each. And, and that happens when we pray, when we think of one another, when we talk to one another, that the Holy Spirit is present going between us. And, and you know, mm. you can feel that sometimes. Other mm. times, not so much. But, you know, when we talk, <laughs> we can feel that God is going between you and I. And, mm. and it's it's pretty powerful. And I think... For me, bringing it back to the arts, when mm. when the arts are a shared common interest and where the values are the, sh- the the same, you can get together and you can sing a song, disagree, play your role in a drama, disagree. But because you've got this shared commitment to something, then yeah. you've got that opportunity to do life alongside people mm. who are different to you, who are other to you in some way. And and through that, you get the opportunity to mix with people and work on things that matter to you without having to give up on the relationship when it gets difficult. So it's, the mm. arts are incredibly powerful in that mm. too. And that mirrors what we're saying the body of Christ should be, right? In that yes. sense yeah. of like you come together for the same reason, even though you may have differing opinions or beliefs or whatever, the same with 
the body of Christ of like we come together for the same fundamental things but there are differences between the details and nuances of what we believe um it's a beautiful mirroring of each other Mm. yeah and and through the arts we get to celebrate all that's good about being human but we also get to um act out the things that are painful and difficult about being human Mm. Uh, mm. We can mourn through the arts or we can grieve yeah. and we can do the hard things and we can do them in community, which is where yeah. those things are supposed to be done. And and so they're incredibly powerful for us to to do those things in a supported, supportive space at times. Mm. Mm. I'm just wrestling. So, oh, sorry, you go, you go Shush, you go, because go, I might no, change no, no. topic. Oh, I was going to change it a little too. Oh, you go, okay. you go. I'll go, I'll go. Um, We're not editing that out. That's going to be in there. <laughs> it's real. This is life. This is community. It's what it's about. Um, hang on. Come back to me. Oh, I, thought. Oh, I had such a good thought of question. Yes. Okay. Got it. It sounds like through what we're saying, community is important right um we're kind of emphasizing that although it's messy and although it's beautiful it's important to be a part of i guess sandy a would you agree and then b do you think community has to look a certain way because i guess sometimes when we think of it it certain images come to mind and for different people different types of community will come to mind but yeah do you think community is important and then do you think it has to look a certain way Oh gosh, that's a, another massive question. I've got I've got this real beef against um, probably what the church has made family to be, uh, mm. because I think that sometimes we put such an emphasis on family that it draws new lines about who's in and who's out. And if you're not a member of my family, you're not part of it. And uh, my mm. family is this really messy family. You know, there's quite a few divorces, remarriages, adopted people that we don't really know where they came from and they're just part of the family now. So the idea of family for me is that there's always room for one more at the table. And I know that that's different for other people. So I think my idea of family is probably linked with my idea of community, Mm. that it's supposed to be very expansive. Yeah. And... And certainly there's ways that you don't behave in community. There's ways that aren't acceptable, but, but that, that as a family, the diversity is the strength. Mm. You know, the things that we learn from people who have different expressions of their life than we do. I mean, most of my learning, the best learning is often through the grandchildren and watching how they live their life and how they wrestle with it and the questions they ask. You know, when my granddaughter was six, she said to me, Granny, why are we here? And she was talking existential. She was not talking our location. Um, when, when you listen to them. So this idea of community, I think, is just a, a big extension of the family. Mm. It's the, fam- the family of God, if you like, that in community. Yeah. And I do think that they're supposed to look different. And I do think that there has to be some common... They might not be spoken out loud, but we teach them to the next generation. We don't mm. say that about people. Or I'll often say to the grandchildren, in our family, everyone is welcome. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Or I'll say, that's not how we do it in our family, is it? 
mm-hmm. you know, or so, and I can think of a million examples and none, but there's so many times when we share the values of our community, our family, in what we say and how we behave, and how we mm-hmm. behave, that's the critical one, isn't it? Because people watch. So at the moment, I would say people watch the church and, and they see how we behave. No wonder they don't want to join us. <laughs> you know, it's not that we can't go through hard times, but the way we do that, the right. way we model that, the way we wrestle with difference, it should be different. Yeah. It yeah. should be that we can disagree so strongly and yet never, ever treat each other badly. Community is so important because that's how we learn to do that. Mm. And it would be, I often think it would be easy to go and live my faith on a desert island where, (laughs) you know, no one ever annoyed me. Now, those of you that know me know that I'd have to talk to myself if I was on a desert island. But but faith is only real when it's lived out in community because it's easy Mm. to have, I have great theological opinions until I meet my neighbour who lives differently to me. Yeah, and right. then I have to wrestle with it. Um, yeah. I understand all of the things of the kingdom of God until my husband's a little bit annoying. He's not. He's perfect. <laughs> but, you know, if he was annoying, um, you know, so it's in community yeah. that we actually wrestle with what it means to be in relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, God is community, a whole Trinitarian right. theology of God being in community and relationship. And there's lots of um, illustrations of us being in a divine dance and all of that sort of stuff. But this whole idea that we were born and created in community and that we have to live it out and work it out, I think is absolutely critical. Mm. And, mm. you know, we live in a, a world where so many people have very little community. Um, right. They don't know how to do relationships anymore or yeah. how to be in relationship with people that are different to them. And that's my fear going back to that original question. If we're not part of the world, Mm. then we don't know how to be in relationship. And I fear that's true for the church. I fear that large parts of the church no longer know what it's like just to be a human being in relationship Mm. with other human beings and the messiness. Mm. There is that separation that makes... that we're almost afraid sometimes to be in relationship with people who are different to us because we no longer know how to deal with that or have community with them. Yeah. Mm. So super practically, right, not assuming we know the answer here, but if someone is listening right now and they're going, oh, I'm getting impacted by this, but I don't know where to start. I'm not a... Like they might be thinking I'm more introverted, I don't like being around different people or or it just might be complete ignorance of the fact that you've been around the same people your whole life. How do you expand that group? Do you have any practical advice, Sandy, that comes to mind? I do, because I'm assuming most of your listeners are connected with the arts. So what a beautiful gift you have, (laughs) you know. So whatever the art form is that you love, find other people that love that too. Mm. Because Mm -hmm. then you've got this common thing to talk about. Mm. It's You don't have to worry about what am I going to talk about. If you're a singer, talk to other singers. And you've Mm -hmm. got a common language already. If you're an actor, talk to other actors. So the arts are this wonderful opportunity for us not to be afraid because if you're interested in that, gosh, um, 
the soccer has been on and our family's been talking about the soccer a bit and every conversation is about the blooming soccer and I couldn't care less. But, I mean, my husband got up at stupid o'clock to watch the soccer with his son in another state and, and they were watching the soccer together, which I think is a beautiful thing. A common language was spoken yep. Mm, yep. during that. Mm. The arts are that common language for many of your listeners. And so I would say mm. don't be afraid because talk about the thing that you have in common first. That's right. And and then what happens is other things come up. Yep. You know, yeah. if the same applies for if you're a runner, go join someone else who runs. Yeah. If, you know, if you love reading books, join a book club. Just get involved in the thing that you are already conversant in. Yeah. And then as we sit alongside each other, we'll have other conversations. Oh, sorry, I didn't come last week. I broke my arm or my mother was sick. Or, you know, you bring yourself to that conversation yep. naturally if you've mm. got that common introductory point. So I think we make it so much more complicated. Just find Agreed. something you have in common and yeah. make watch kids Watch how kids make friends. Gee, they're hilarious. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't need a script or, do you want to play with mm -hmm. me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Sometimes they yeah. don't even use language. I watched my daughter when she was about nine in a culture where she didn't speak the language of the kids she played with. And they were able to be friends. So mm. we already have a whole lot in common with people if we just get over ourselves. So That's find right. what it is. And use the arts as your starting point if you're an artist. And you've got this. Have confidence in yourself. Yeah. You know how to be a decent yeah. human being. You yeah. know how to do yeah. it. That's Just right. get on yeah. with it. I would also challenge as well that, like you were saying at the start, you, you I think, you, did you say you didn't meet, you wouldn't say that you met Jesus, you met someone who behaved like Jesus? Is that mm. what you said at the start? Yeah, absolutely. So, so when you're going out into these these you know areas where you're meeting new people the, the goal isn't to get them back to church to meet Jesus the goal is to be Jesus to them in that situation right like so don't you don't have to go into these you don't have to join a big band to then bring that big band to church that's not the that's not really the aim you're you're to be Jesus to those people that's all I, just I, thought I'd read yeah I that. think I think it's so true, isn't it, that as we live our lives, if we live our lives in a way that's different and inclusive and caring and loving and supporting, people are very attracted to that and they mm. see if it's genuine or not too. Yep. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, yeah. You know, so I, th I think if we genuinely seek to live out the the way of Jesus, following in the way of Jesus, that people will notice that and be attracted yeah. to that and will ask us, mm. why do yeah. you treat me differently? And I've had that a thousand times in my life. Why mm. Why did you help me with that? Why, why are you willing to do that? And I'll mm. just explain, look, I'm trying to live out the values of Jesus and that's how he tells me to live and no one's ever offended by that no one I'm mm. not trying to convert them but I would say to them I think it's a really good way to live I've had a full and wonderful life by living like this mm. so you know I would encourage you to do that if you're interested but I'm not trying to you know I'm not trying to manipulate people into anything right. and, and a word to to your introverts out there you know <laughs> introverts might connect with fewer people but that doesn't mean they don't need deep human relationships yeah, absolutely. so yeah. so knowing yourself and knowing that you might not be going to build friends with a whole choir for instance but maybe the person that stands alongside you mm -hmm. and then the, after that interaction you're gonna have to make sure the next day you don't have to 
be in relationship with anyone. Like personality mm. isn't a barrier. Personality yes. is a strength. It's part of who God created you to be. Yeah. And if if we didn't have the balance of personality, we wouldn't be able to reach the other people. So it's not mm. it's not a barrier. Yeah, it's true. I love that. It's true. And actually, Sandy, or oh, months ago now, you did a devotion with our team, and I think you were talking about the Great Commission and saying it's as you are going, make disciples. And that phrase, as you are going, has stuck with me for months and months, and I think is so relevant to this conversation that it's as you are doing your life, as you are living life, going to the grocery store picking the kids up from school, whatever you're doing, like as you are going, you're being Jesus in those situations. And anyway, I just want to share with you that that devotion has stuck with me for months and months as you are going. I love it so Mm -hmm. much. Yeah, it changed my life when the first time I heard someone talk about that. You know, Mm. this Great Commission was this command or this feeling of guilt or, you know, something laid upon me that I had to do. But when someone said to me, as you go about your life, you are making disciples. Gosh, we all know it's true. Someone Mm. once accused me of brainwashing my daughter and I said, yep, too right I am. Because if I don't, (laughs) someone else will. You know, our kids watch our lives. They hear yeah. what we say and they see how we behave. Everyone around us does that. And so mm. as we are going, we are already making disciples. What are we discipling them into? Yeah, what, right. is it, what is it that we are showing them? And so I think the call of Jesus was go out and live your life in such a way that people will long to follow you. Yeah. They'll mm. want to instill those values in their children, that they will, they'll turn to you. Um, you know, in my family, not many of them profess to be Christians, but they, I think they all believe in God. It's kind of not always in the conversation, but it's me that they turn to when life mm. is tough because they know my mm. values yeah. and they know that I love them and that I'll do my best not to judge them and that I'll help them in whatever way I can because as I am going they're seeing me and they also see me when I trip up and they say oh mm. I'm not sure you're supposed to behave like that they call <laughs> me on it the church might ignore it but my family are saying really is that how a Christian's meant to live you know <laughs> And I love that about it. So it, it really, mm. for me, that was life-changing too, Shush, when someone explained mm. to me that it's as I live my life that I will make disciples. And it kind of let you me off the hook as well. I didn't have to, it's not a burden, mm. yeah. but it's hard. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, there's freedom yeah. to it, right? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I love that Shush brought that up. I was literally about to say it. I had just written it down. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it impacted me heaps because... I think there is the freedom of knowing that you can be who you are and you can yeah, and, and live that your life. is what that is what Jesus is calling us to do, right? Like so yeah, I, I think that's a massive encouragement and I'm sure people mm. listening are probably feeling that now. But also I'm just I'm gonna open the floor to you, Sandy, to be all right, you've got creatives listening to you right now. What's your encouragement for them? Well, I think that we're all creative because we're made in the image of the creative God. So I would Mm -hmm. say that to start with. And I think find out how your creative looks, you know, what is it, where is it for you? Um, But if you're a creative person, I think that that is part of being made in in the image of God. And I would just encourage you to, first of all, enjoy it. Enjoy Mm. all that that richness brings to your life. Find comfort in it. Hide in it if you have to. You know, many kids have survived 
have because they've found music or the arts. It's given them a refuge. So I'd encourage you to to take that refuge and and to find somewhere in that refuge God's sitting waiting for you. Mm. I I think uh, using that gift too to build community and to make relationships and help people to understand something bigger than they might understand before. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking recently about in times of change, which is what we're in at the moment, we're in a season where what we used to do doesn't work anymore, but we don't really know what's coming up. But in those times, we look to the artists to bring meaning and to bring hope. Mm-hmm. Artists will often be the first people to say out loud, where the change yeah. needs to come or how to survive or what your character should look like. And so I would say to the artists, we need you now more than ever. Yep. We need you yeah. to be people of character. We need you to be people of strong values. And we need you to say and and do and be the things that cannot be said and done and mm. be, been. been. <laughs> we need you to be beans. We, we actually <laughs> desperately need the artists to lead the way through this time of change for us to help us to grieve for what's past Mm. because there is grief Mm -hmm. to help us to vision what might come and to help us to know how to be in this time and so please I plead with you um, use your art practice your art hide in your art rejoice Mm. in your art and lead the church in this new season that God has for us Mm. and you know it when when God is at work in the church the arts flourish, songs Mm. are written, Mm. dramas are written, dances are performed Mm. because God speaks to the very deep places of us that the artists are able to listen to. So I would encourage Mm. you to see this gift and to use it wisely. Mm. Yes! I'm I'm not educated enough to basically say what I'm going to say, but I'm going to anyway. But Do it. on, On that, I'm like... Christian people, people who had Jesus's values, did lead the world when it came to art forms and the creative realm, right? Look at uh, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and people like that, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get back to that, right? I, I, yeah, I, absolutely. When I said I'm not educated, it's because I can't give you the decade that those guys were doing their thing. I've got no <laughs> idea. I knew they were friends. I know they're friends. I know they were killing it. But like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's use that as motivation. It's happened before. Let's do it again. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's not just the arts, of course. Hospitals Mm. and schools and all of those things, uh, they came as a result of people's deep faith in God. But Mm. definitely the arts, and we use the arts to teach. Before people were literate, they learned about God through uh, the 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 images and the symbols that were Mm. in the churches through singing the songs that's where they learned their theology so absolutely there's nothing to stop us writing the wildest most wonderful books maybe i'll Mm. do a christian version of the borrowers yes do it (laughs) the borrowers go to church or the borrowers (laughs) don't go to church but they practice what it means to be followers of jesus who knows there's a whole series oh i need a holiday now so that i can go write my children's books Yes, and I think um, what you were said earlier in the podcast, Andy, is like you've got this to our listeners. Like yeah. you've got this. You you know how to do these things. So just go and do them. Just be yourself, really. Like I think it's sometimes we can feel burdened by like I have to do these th- things and rah rah. But no, 
just go be who God created you to be with the gifts he has given mm. you, mm. aligning yourself with Jesus. Like, I've be, never been more excited. It. This is year 35 as an officer. Honestly, I've never been more excited about the future of faith communities than I am now. Although I'm surrounded by people who are afraid and disappointed and anxious, I'm excited because I think that we have the opportunity to once again be intentional about being the church in whatever form that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really excited to see if, if there is a church because there is a mission, then God still has a mission and God is not right. done and mm-hmm. God wants right. to create the church in ways that are going to be useful for God's people at this time. And and I can't wait to see what, <laughs> but we need to regain that confidence. Okay, yeah. we might not know what the forms of church might look like going forward. or There's lots of questions, right? Mm. But, but we have got this. All we need yeah. to do is live out those values and be good human beings and, and make friends with one another. We don't need mm. to be scared. I, I think it's pretty darn exciting. So I, I can't wait to see what God's up to. And I think the artists, as I said, I think they're often the forerunners. The artists yeah. often give us the glimpse first. And yeah. and then then the architects and the business designers and all those people come in. But first, the artists. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited. And I'm pretty excited that your listeners have a podcast like this where being someone who is an artist, even even getting the confidence to call themselves that. Yeah. You know? yep. And, yep. and I would say something to you, Dan, too. Don't tell me that you're not educated. Theology is <laughs> to be done in life and you are you are very educated in life. I've met your kids. Don't tell us that you're not an artist. Don't tell us that you're mm. not educated. Mm. Let's just actually have the confidence to be the yes. people of God mm. and, and to trust that God is at work in this world and in us and we will have, and, and God says to us, and I will be with you always to the end of yeah. the age. You know, as you are going, you will make disciples and I will be with you. Mm. And there's never been a moment of my life. I've, I've no idea what I'm doing most of the time. And I didn't <laughs> get brought up in the church. And I, the only stories I knew were Mark's gospel and Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> but God has been with me and yeah. God has mm-hmm. helped me through the dark times and been with me in the good times. God's faithful to the promises. Mm. It's mm. going to be all right. We don't mm. need to fear. Mm. Oh, I knew this episode was going to be good. <laughs> I knew that, it. That is a that is actually a perfect place to kind of wrap up. I think. Um, yeah. I just want to, while we have you, Sandy, I just want to honour you for who you are. Uh, mm. Especially, like we we see you through a work lens a lot, and mm. I've got to say, it's really, it's great knowing that you're the backbone on which we kind of are as a team does that make sense Mm. like I love knowing that you're in our corner that you've got our back Mm. and I know that you're you will represent us the best way possible and that you have a passion for the arts and that yeah and that that is not 
that is not me honouring you just because of work. That's me honouring you as a person because I know that that mm. is what stems through you. So I just want to honour you for being open and being honest and vulnerable and and yeah. being do it, having those Jesus values without the separation with people because I do see that in you. You're you're very welcoming mm. and welcome to the family and those like that is you. You're not just saying these things. You're actually doing it. Mm. So I just want to mm. honour you mm. for that. Um, I love having you in our corner. I think that is the greatest thing ever so thank you very much yeah. very kind look i delight in the existence of your team it makes me so <laughs> ridiculously happy and i have such great confidence in all of you uh, I, I really believe that you are all here at this time for a reason and i every time i come away from being with you guys it's sometimes challenging because you know we're trying to wrestle with what does this look like yeah. uh, but i always feel greatly encouraged that god's up to something mm. good and i love you all as as individuals and i'm delighted to to be in your corner and you've got a good leader there too so that helps doesn't it yeah well we feel similarly about you sandy in the sense of we always feel encouraged i mean Mm. i every time i speak to you sandy i always come away feeling encouraged i feel inspired i think it's your authenticity and the way you speak in a way that honors and uplifts others that is just so um touching and is always such a blessing and an edifying quality um so i just want to thank you for coming on this podcast um particularly and sharing all the gold that has been this podcast Mm. with us it has been so helpful and i just pray that it reaches whoever it needs to reach like that god would just place this episode in the ears of people who need to hear it um but yeah we just want to honor you and say thank you for who you are and everything you bring to the salvation army to the kingdom and to this episode yeah it's very kind it's it's been a pleasure Hello, Seven Days listeners. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what we do uh, and you want to make sure you don't miss an episode, uh, what can you do, Shush? You can subscribe to our podcast, uh, which you can find on whatever platform you're using. There'll be a little subscribe button. By clicking that, you'll be notified each time of when a new episode is out. So make sure you hit that button Mm. so you don't miss uh, any episode. Uh, But you can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Worship Arts Salvos AU. Uh, You'll get updated there when a new episode comes out. Um, But also we would really appreciate it if you share the podcast, whether you want to share it on social social media on your facebook insta what tiktok i don't know whatever you use uh we would love it if you would share the podcast um or just tell a friend text it to somebody be like hey check this out it's epic uh we would really appreciate it because we just i guess want to reach as many people as possible who would be interested and not for our sake not because we want to get a, a platform for our own sake just because we want to impact as many people as we can for the sake of God's glory. If this is going to be impactful for somebody in their faith, we want to get it to them. Um, So that's why we'd ask you to share it. Perfect. I couldn't have said that any better myself, Shush. Thanks.